This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Robert McKay, 32, Motley Crew. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And Pax, super excited to be back on the airways with you this week and really excited about our guest today. And uh, I know I say that every week and every week I am super excited about being on the show and having a guest, but I think you guys will all agree with me once you hear this man's story uh, the uniqueness of this opportunity uh, and what we're going to be able to share with you today. Um, and uh, just about overcoming obstacles, about how F3 is open to all men, and really that there is no limitations when we put our mind to it. And of course, I'm talking about our special guest today, none other than Robert McKay, otherwise known as Motley Crew in the Gloom. Welcome to the show, brother. How's it going? Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So uh, before we kind of dive into your personal story and, and some of that, those things, I want us you to uh, just maybe walk us through that F3 origin story, if you will. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you heard about F3, that first uh, post in the gloom, and then certainly why you got the name Motley Crew. All right. Well, I, I had uh, met a friend who lives pretty much in my neighborhood, Pigpen, also known as uh, Keelan. Um, and we'd ran together for about three or four years. And he told me about F3 and the workouts that the guys were doing. I was like, no, I can't keep up. I'd slow people down. I I mean, my vision would stop me from getting in the way. And I'd, I'd come up with every kind of a lame excuse because I was nervous about, you know, letting people down, slowing people down. I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to have people to have to, you know, hold back to catch up or, catch up with me and finally we were on a 10 mile run and he's like you know we're working out tomorrow in the snow you want to come i was like ah, you, you got me i'll give it a shot so we got up on a saturday morning went all the way up to daresville and it was snowing and i was like oh we're, we're crazy this is this is nuts um i can't remember the workouts i just remember having to do the f3 uh, the fng tradition which is something called the uh, the Dragon's Hill, or no, uh, uh, Dragon's Hill, or something like that. Although it, it was complicated, and I, it took me a minute to figure it out. But after that, I was like, I got to keep going on this. This is intense. This is something other than running that I can do to complement, stay in better shape, and get stronger. So I, I've got to keep doing this. And then just the relationships that I've built with people from that time period it's been um it's awesome because before that I, I wasn't really getting out i mean I, i'd get out with you know my my wife and my family but i wasn't meeting anybody outside the family and 
just helped me bond with other people that were had my back and had um didn't mind you know holding back or watching out for me no matter what their situation was yeah so you mentioned uh, a couple so first of all why the name motley crew what what was that what was the origin of that so um i one of the embarrassing stories i told them at um and the cot was that um in college and in high school i had a problem with running into barbed wire fences in, during cross country and they took barbed wire and made it to pamela anderson um who was in the movie barbed wire and then Mo she was dating the lead singer motley crew so that's that's how they came up with motley crew i was confused until somebody had to explain the movie to me and then i was like oh okay that makes sense but i've never seen <laughs> no, i've never heard or seen the movie so <laughs> yeah no, no, that's funny i that that is a good uh, transition. Well done on those packs for coming up with that, uh, because that is, you know, one of those, you know, third degree from separation type of scenarios. So you, you alluded to a few things. So, I mean, let's kind of uh, give every, all the listeners a little backstory here. You, you alluded to running into barbed wires uh, quite a bit and in cross country and to the casual listener, they may be going, well, what's wrong with this guy to continuously run into barbed wired uh, type of stuff. And, and you mentioned, you know, some of your limitations with sight uh, and, and some of that hesitation going out to the gloom for the first time. So uh, tell us uh, a little bit about your, your personal uh, health history here so that everyone's on the same page as far as uh, kind of what some of your uh, challenges have been and, and, and why you may be alluding to some of these things that you're alluding to. So I am technically visually impaired. I, I'm, I'm, my vision is not able to be quantified with numbers. Um, I can see good enough to stay on the road and stay on the edge without, you know, stepping off the edge or getting, you know, in traffic in the way of traffic. Um, if I'm you're on a, about, you're talking about personally, not actually driving a vehicle, correct? Correct. Correct. Just running. Yeah. Um, they, driving is out of the, out of the question. Um, I can see good enough to stay on the in, in between the lanes of a track, a high school 400 meter track, or on a, on a trail some in some ways. Um, but other than that, my vision is pretty bad. Um, I can see some, I can see people coming at me. I just can't tell who they are until they get close to me. I can tell colors to a certain distance, but that's about the limitations. Um, I've been visually impaired since I was two. Um, there was, when I was born, there was a lack of oxygen to my brain, which caused a blood clot in one of the ventricles that naturally circulates your spinal fluid back through your body. Um, and when they went to go release the pressure off my brain with a shunt tube, the release of the pressure destroyed my optical nerves. So I have had the same amount of vision since I was two and a half. Got it. But it sounds like despite that, you still participated in sports. Uh, you mentioned cross country. Obviously, you're an avid runner. To be running 10 miles uh, before being part of F3 is pretty, uh, pretty impressive to, to do. Most guys you know, don't do those type of runs until after being in F3 for a while. So it sounds like you, know, you were getting after it a little bit physically. So 
tell us a little bit about that upbringing. Um, obviously, at the age of two, you're too young to really make any type of decisions about anything. But as you got older, obviously, you were interested in maybe some kind of athletics. Was it kind of just restricted to running type of sports or were you able to do other things as well? Um, I've always been active. Like I was, I was either, you know, outside playing basketball, throwing a football around with my dad or by myself or just, I've always been an athlete. I've always wanted to play sports. Um, when I got to middle school, I realized that football team sports were kind of out of the question Foot, you know, football, baseball, basketball, you kind of needed sight to play those. So I tried to find the individual sports and we had cross or track and uh, wrestling in middle school. And then we didn't have cross country until high school, but I started wrestling and then uh, I ran track in middle school. And then, like I said, I picked up cross country in high school and um, did all three freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. And the distance when I got, when I, got to the freshman year I the distance part of running became a passion because it was just the exploration of the different trails that we would run in high school and then that led over into college and that was the fun part for me just exploring and seeing what different sites we could see the track got kind of boring because it was the same circle over and over again but now I it's it's a necessary now sometimes because it's safer. <laughs> sure. So that's interesting that you did cross country and, and you enjoyed the trails and the different undulations and trails, uh, you know, surfaces. I mean, I've, I've ran trails very limited, but it's very technical. I mean, I, the, I, I noticed that when I do a trail race or run on a trail. I mean, I'm constantly looking down at my feet because of the rocks and the roots and everything else. You know, mm -hmm. how, how is it, what, what is it that you find is an advantage for you, if, if any? I mean, are you able to kind of tunnel vision down to your feet and, and really see it? What, what, what do you feel like gives you that capability to do that well? Luckily, in high school and college, we didn't come across many trails that had a lot of roots and rocks. Um, now, uh, as I've gotten older into my own personal running that I've, in, I've encountered a lot of trails that have that's that those obstacles, but it was mostly grass and concrete where, where I grew up. And, um, but I did have a guide to tell me, you know, hill coming up or there's a ditch coming or, you know, left turn ahead and, five seconds or stuff like give me cues to so i knew what to expect and when i'm running in the gloom with f the gas from f3 um there's at least one or two people guiding me to give me constant narration especially in the dark during the daytime when it's well okay when it's light outside it's easier to see the what's there but especially when those early morning runs i definitely need <laughs> guidance yeah, I can imagine. Well, that's interesting that they uh, provided you a guide. Was it just another uh, high school athlete that would do it? Was it a parent, a coach? Who, who would run with you when you were doing that cross country? For the first year, year and a half, it was the, a guy from the varsity team, um, or it was a coach. And then my junior and senior year, it was a specific coach that I had. Um, he, was one, he was one of our assistants, but he specifically would run the races with me. 
I gotcha. Now, would you, um, I mean, I guess he would have to train up to your level or was he was just that good that he could run he was, your pace he, regardless? Were, he was just good in general. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Very cool. I I've never seen... was the fastest. So okay. <laughs> the varsity guys could keep up with me and not, not be worried. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Well, that's man, it's so interesting. Um, you know, I, I've seen on television some runners and it was on a track specifically where, you know, the, and, and maybe these individuals were more visually impaired than even you, where they're kind of running on a track, holding the shoulder of another runner in front of them or vice versa. And it was very interesting to watch how, you know, someone with sight was pacing the person without sight and, mm-hmm. uh, I could imagine that that was probably similar to what you were experiencing a little bit. I'm assuming you weren't actually physically touching that person. They were just verbally giving you cues. Is that correct? Yes, sir. In cross country and high school. Yes. Um, Now my last year, I did two years of cross country in college at a a junior college here in the middle of Georgia. And the first year was just regular guiding. And then the second year we discovered that um, for races that, we were trying to go fast in a shoestring helped a lot. So he, the runner in front of me, my guide would have a shoestring tied around his wrist and I would tie the other end around my wrist or my hand. And I would, he would, I would take his visual verbal or his verbal cues plus the cue of the motion of the string to figure out where to go. Gotcha. I haven't done that since college, but um, I don't feel the need to do that anymore. Yeah. So walk me back to that first bloom experience. I mean, obviously your friend knew about your condition prior to bringing you out to the gloom. Um, how did you feel like the other guys reacted or, or how was that first workout experience for you in relationship to the other guys in the, in the gloom? Um, I feel like like they adapted pretty well to me. Um, they were always, well, they're all welcoming and learning and, you know, wanting to help me whatever they can to, you know, guide me through a workout or, um, you know, not leave me behind, which is, I was, that's what I was afraid of slowing people down. And I don't feel like I slowed, to be honest, it wasn't like I thought it was. Um, I was pretty right there with everybody. Um, but they were all, everybody watched out for me. It, It made me feel good that, you know, I had 13 or 14 people that were there, they were doing their own thing, but they were always keeping an eye out to make sure I was, you know, not tripping on the sidewalk or, you know, tripping off the edge of the road or whatever. Yeah. Now, was it a uh, run heavy workout or did you guys do a lot of, you know, um, style stuff? Do you remember? I'm trying to remember, to be honest. Um, I know we ran a little bit. Um, but there was snow on the ground, I guess, right? It was snowing. There was. There was. Um, I think the trail was pretty clear of the the snow, but there was snow on the edge of the edge of the grass and stuff like that. Um, I remember doing uh, imperial walkers and lunges up the hill. Um, I do remember that part, and I got used to you know got used to doing that. Um, but the running the running part wasn't. I mean, I'm used to running, so that doesn't that didn't bother me. But I, my friend that had invited me, he was there to guide me through the the running part, which helped. Yeah, because it sounds like it you, seemed you like, had ran with that guy before, correct? Oh yeah, we we had ran multiple, like we had done 
I think our longest run was like 15 or 16 miles together. Um, but toward the end, I mean, toward the middle and toward the end of the workout, the guys were able to pick up that, oh, wait, he really is blind. <laughs> so <laughs> they started they started helping, you know, pick me up and show me where to go and show me what to do. Gotcha. Now, in, you've been posting with F3 almost a year now, it sounds like. Um, are there any times in the gloom that the guys are a little slow to tell you what's coming up ahead of you? Um, no, not really. Uh, they've, they're always watching out and making sure that I'm, you know, not going to trip over anything or a few of them have adapted to my running style. And the ones who run with me a lot have noticed that even the littlest crack or raising the sidewalk to call that out because my, my, I don't ever, I don't always catch on to things. So I'll trip, I might trip on the littlest the quarter inch rise in the concrete, but I'll miss the, I'll, you know, miss the bigger ones. So it, you, they never know what I'm going to miss or hit. So they always call out everything. Gotcha. So it's constantly just verbal cues as you're mm-hmm. running in a, in a path. That's awesome. Now, like I said earlier, if it's, if it's lighter outside, I don't, I don't need as much, you know, cues, but if it's dark, like it, like it usually is in the gloom, I, uh, I need the cues. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, growing up and, and running in high school, did you run cross country in college too, or did you, or did you not? I ran two years at uh, junior college, um, at Gordon state college in uh, middle Georgia. Um, I was varsity. Yes, but I was seven out of seven. We only had seven guys. Yeah. Um, we weren't competitive with the region mostly. Um, we were, I think our fastest was in the low thirties, um, high 29s and the, the winners were running like 24s for AK, which is like gotcha. five miles. Um, my fastest was 36 minutes and 24 seconds. And it was on a flat course in Albany, Georgia. <clears throat> yeah, I gotcha. Now, did they not have, uh, divisions for individuals like with similar challenges like yourself, or did you have to just compete with everybody in in the open? Um, I just competed with everybody in, in college and in high school. Now, um, my the spring of my senior year in high school, I did compete with a organization called Blaze Sports, and we did go to junior uh, disability nationals in. Um, in New Jersey. And I, I did compete with that. Now I, I was, I was pretty competitive there. Um, when I was racing against my own abilities. <laughs> yeah. Well, I bet. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how much advantage someone has with just better eyesight and vision and the cues and everything about it. And, you know, if I'm ever in a scenario where my vision is limited I'm always going more cautiously or, or less fast and, and so forth. So I can only imagine, you know, the, just the disadvantage that is for individuals to, to compete in that when someone else can visually see a little bit more, you know, dominantly. So, yeah, I was just curious. You mentioned running with your buddy prior to F3. Now, after college, did you stick with running a lot? Did you ever have a moment in time where you weren't as active physically? Um, 
I stayed training with the high school team and, and uh, Barnesville, which is where Gordon was, Lamar County. I trained with them for a little bit. And then I got into rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know that sounds ironic, but it's when, when you get down to it, climbing is pretty simple. When you're blind, you just have to have a guide telling you hand over foot or which way to go with your hands, which way to go with your feet. Um, and it's pretty challenging. I, I loved it, but it got to where climbing was more, more expensive than I could afford. So I decided to go back to running a couple of years later and I've been running like really seriously running back since 2015. Gotcha. Now, were you natural rock climbing or were you climbing indoor uh, like facilities? What were you doing with the climbing? We did both. I was more indoors, but if I could get outdoors, it was a lot more fun. It was a lot more, it was full, more fun, but it was a lot more um, nervous. I was a lot more nervous because we were outside. Um, but I didn't enjoy being in the woods, being outside um, climbing. And that's, that's the thing that I enjoyed about trail running is or running through the woods or running, you know, country roads like I, I would rather be doing is the explore. It's out in the woods. It's out in nature. There's nothing around you but nature. And you get to experience the feel of the nature around you. Yeah. So tell us, tell us one story that, uh, you know, will, uh, that is most memorable about your high school racing career um, that, you know, maybe you'd be willing to share it with everybody um, <laughs> if, if there is such a thing. Um, there's a couple. Um, I think we were running one of the private schools in Athens. We were running over there and a couple of the varsity kids were arguing over who got to run with me because they wanted to like they were they were that um willing to help me out they were arguing over who got to run with me <laughs> <laughs> made me feel really loved and you know accepted um there was a time that i uh was running warming down from a track meet and i uh i'd ran around this field countless number of times but i cut the corner too short and got my jersey and my shorts caught on a bob wire and had to wait for somebody to help me off oh gosh like literally yeah. stuck on it yep i was stuck um i'll give you one more the my second college race ever they let me go on a uh cross-country trace or cross-country course without a guide um very smart um <laughs> it, we were on a uh, cattle farm down in middle georgia and um uh, well, actually, it was owned by uh, Chick-fil-A, the guy that owns uh, Chick-fil-A. Um, but um, and, uh, I turned the corner. I got off course and got caught on some barbed wire. My forehead was bleeding. The corner of my eye was bleeding. Wow. Not the the bone, not the eye itself. So that was fine. Um, but finally, somebody come over and checked on me, and they finally saw me. And they're like, um, are you all right? I was like, yeah, I am just need to get to the finish line. So I ended up finishing the I ended up finishing the race, but it was slower than I wanted to. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine, you know, some of those stories that you got and uh, and what and other people's maybe just reaction to watching you do all that, especially without a guide. I mean, that's just that's pretty bold <laughs> to send you out uh, with no guidance. Uh, hence the importance of of that. After so that, my coach was like, after that, my coach was like, yeah, we got to find you a guide. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Well, you mentioned uh, your family. Are, are you married? Yes, sir. Um, I was going to 
my wife, she always tells me that if I don't come back from a trail run without some kind of blood, then it wasn't successful and it wasn't fun. <laughs> That's <laughs> you her joke. Running fast enough is, is what nope. she's saying. There wasn't, it wasn't challenging enough. Gotcha. So how'd you meet your wife? Uh, online actually. Really? Yeah. So tell me, tell me how that worked. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you're just scrolling through a particular site and you guys mm -hmm. connect. So yeah, yeah, we, get, get, I noticed that story she, on this. I noticed that she lived up here close to from I have family and then we connected and then we just started talking and all of a sudden that went into a relationship and then turned into the marriage we have now. It was, we met so, in 2013, seriously started okay. dating like in 15 and then married in 2016. So from 13 to 15, it was just strictly an online conversation back and forth. We had met up a few times to hang out, but um, just it wasn't consistent. But in 2015, we seriously started saying, hey, we should, we're really close. We should start dating. I gotcha. So um, tell me about that first date. I mean, what'd you guys do? Anything fun? Oh, yeah. Um, we, it was, Technically, it was my birthday, so we uh, we went to we went bowling and then just walked around and hung out and just chilled. Um, she probably beat me in bowling. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I was going to ask how, how how is your bowling game? Are you able to see the pins pretty clearly from the? No, nope, I just guess. <laughs> it's just a guess. Okay. Um, okay. I try to line up in the middle of the lane and try to roll straight but sometimes that doesn't happen. Now, whose idea was it to go bowling, yours or hers? Um, it was a mutual decision. Um, okay. We both wanted something to do like that. Um, it's one of our things we enjoy. Sure. I didn't know if you were picking something that you could, you know, that you knew that she was going to beat you at and to, to give her accolades, or she was just really competitive and picked something that she knew she would beat you at. Shoot. Um, she'll beat me at anything. I'm, I'm, <laughs> when it comes to her, I can't be competitive. I gotcha. Now, do you guys have kids? No, not not as of now. We have a uh, okay. We have a dog, which is basically our kid. Sure, sure. And how old are you now? I am thirty. I'll be thirty-two, or I'll be thirty-three in April. So thirty-two. I gotcha. As of so now. thirty-two. So yeah, you're still young. I, I, we, my wife and I had our first child when we were just at thirty. So, um, you know, you got time to mm -hmm. to worry about that. Now, is that something you guys? want to have as far as you know you want children or is that not in the cards it's we've talked about it um it just hasn't come up yet yeah so what do you do daily to kind of get around i mean do you work from home do you work um at someplace else uh, what, what do you do i mean what's a typical day like for you as far as transportation goes right now i'm in the process of finding a job um it's kind of difficult to find accessible jobs for as low as my vision is. So I'm working with some people right now to figure that out. But as of right now, I work out with at three in the morning. I will run during the day and then run a certain amount of miles. And then depending on if there's a workout that night, I'll go to it. If there's not, then I'll just chill. Um, I'm big into podcasts. So either I'm interviewing someone um, for my podcast, which I have, I'll mention that later if it warrants or um, I'm listening to podcasts such as this one. Gotcha. 
Okay, very cool. So it sounds like on a day-to-day basis, posting the gloom or posting at some point during the day uh, is part of, you know, the uh, um, kind of what you're doing. Yes. On, um, if I'm not working out, I'm, I'm lost. Like I gotcha. Um, uh, my, uh, <laughs> I'm hard to deal with apparently. <laughs> <laughs> now does, uh, the packs take turns coming to get you or what, what seems to be going on when it comes they do. to it, they are, gloom? They are really good at that. The, the friends that I have from F3, there's three or four that live really close to me. So on a rotating basis, whoever is able to go to that workout that morning will come and pick me up. Um, and like I said, they are, the guys are extremely helpful and I couldn't ask for better people to help um, get me around and, you know, guide me and pick me up and bring me back to the house. Sure. Now, obviously, you know, we, in F3, we talk about the three Fs, the first F and the second F and the third F. Are you able to, or how does the region and you're in North Georgia, correct? Noga, I guess is the acronym you guys use. Now, what's the culture like there with the second and third F? Um, I mean, it's pretty faith-based. Um, we always, you know, pray after the words, after the workout, after the COT. Um, there's a couple of guys that I've been to church with over here. Um, and then second F there's a few meetings, um, that I've been to with the, with the guys. Um, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty often, pretty interesting. Um, but I'm mostly, it's mostly first half. I mostly post. Gotcha. Yeah. And it sounds like that's kind of how you're accelerating. Um, wasn't sure though, if you know, you guys are getting together for other cafeterias or, you know, even happy hours or restaurants or whatever, and, and how much you were doing that as well. But, uh, with most people's schedule, it's pretty, it's pretty difficult. Okay because of you needing to get a ride or just mm-hmm. people getting well, together just, period just getting together period from what i can tell okay gotcha so it's not as big as culturally there how many people are in the region you, if you had to guess um i i mean our biggest or our biggest i think we've had 20 at a workout before but that's not often um usually it's between 6 and 13 usually. And do you guys typically have a single AO every day or do you have multiple locations somebody can go to? Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we have multiple uh, AOs. And then, um, well, Saturday, we have multiple AOs as well. Um, And then Monday and Friday, we have just a single AO. Gotcha. And then everyone just goes to one of those AOs that day, it sounds like. Whichever's whichever's closest to you or whichever um workout you want to attempt to do. Sure. Now they all boot camps. Do you guys do rucking? Um obviously you like running, so maybe maybe some of that, but what's um, a typical boot camp like? Um Wednesday is they have two, like I said, we have two on Wednesday. We have a rucking one and then we have which is an hour long, and then we have a regular beatdown. Uh, which is 45 minutes long. The rucking one is in town here in Cartersville, and then the regular one is up in Adairsville. 
Now, do you like, have you done the rucking? Have you, have you tried all that out or do you just stick with more of the boot camp slash running? Um, I like to alternate, but I, I do enjoy the rucking. Um, I, we did a, we were, okay. So we were trying to do a 50 mile ruck last year and I had to bow out at four miles because it was coming a downpour. It was lightning thundering and it was getting pretty rough. And my wife was like, no, you're, you're coming home. You're, we're good. She pulls up beside me. And she's like, get in the car. Let's go. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, I was going to finish. I don't know if I'd have made it 50, but I was going to get it, give it a shot. But she was like, I, I, I was like, I, sh- I don't need to make her mad. So <laughs> happy yeah, life, no, happy I, life. That's right. That's right. There's, there's some, you know, people you listen to and, and, and you just don't argue about it. So I, I totally respect that, man. So did, uh, did the others end up finishing the whole 50 or did they all bow out before of it? We had two guys finish the 50. Um, Pigpen, the guy that introduced me to F3, he was one of the finishers. Um, we had, I think we had one get two or three get 40. And then a couple get 30, 34, something like that. Gotcha. Um, I think my longest rock in preparation for that was 18 miles. Yeah, which is still a a good accomplishment. I mean, uh, for those that have never been underweight for that many miles, it it really starts to add up. Uh, A lot of times people think about rucking as just walking around with some weight on your back, but your feet, your feet really start to yell at you. Your shoulders start to yell at you. Your back starts to yell at you. Um, Definitely, it's it's quite a quite a feat. Now, do you have any plans, or have you done a grow rock yet? No, I haven't. Um, they're pretty expensive. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So, I well, stay with I'm what sh- I can afford. I get it. All right, now I get what you're saying. Well, don't let that be the the downside. I mean, after this thing airs, trust me, you're going to get. There'll be many guys that are willing to sponsor you, man, give you a scholarship to, to attend a, a grow ruck near you because mm-hmm. we need high accelerating guys like you out in the gloom. And that goes for any packs that happens to be listening to this. I want people to know that the grow ruck uh, program offers scholarships and opportunities for, for men that uh, may need some kind of financial assistance to, to participate for that opportunity to, to do so. So, Never hesitate to reach out if that is something you as a listener are interested in. Uh, we as a nation absolutely want every man to have the opportunity to accelerate and experience that. So, but uh, yeah, we'll have to get you out there, man. I know, uh, I know there's probably com- a few coming around your region this year. Uh, there's probably one in Cherokee. There was one last year. Now we do have a, our annual Noga ruck, which is in Rome this year. It's, it's one of three weekends. I, I believe it's toward the end of July. Um, this year we're doing a 15 mile ruck, but we're carrying a coupon along with your ruck. So last year it was just a ruck. Um, so this year it's a little bit more challenging. And yeah. there's going to be at each station, I'm not sure of all the details, but at each station there's going to be a workouts or something you have to do to get a um, little stamp to go on your your coupon to continue on um i'm not quite sure of all the details but um i think we'll figure those out soon yeah no those those are always fun especially regionally these csops that you, we put ourselves through and and uh it's one of great bonding experiences for a region to go through so 
Yeah, good good for you guys for a organizing stuff like that and and b getting the participation. Um, so yeah, the, the, those are awesome as well, and, and I'm going to encourage you to continue to do that. But uh, as far as the Grow Rock goes, uh, you know, it's just such a neat experience, and because of the guys that you get to meet from other mm-hmm. regions, as well as some of the education piece and just the leadership development process that happens through that. So um, we'll get you at one, man. Don't you worry. We'll 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 find a way to get you, get you and some of your other boys uh, from the region. To, to, to a grow ruck this year and, and, and see if we can't uh, invigorate some more male community leadership uh, over there in North Georgia, which it sounds like you guys are doing a pretty good job already, but uh, oh, yeah, nice we, to, we are, we, we, we can always get a shot in the arm uh, to help us, help us out. So that's awesome. Well, we, I, yeah, go ahead. I made the mistake of, you know, thinking I'm in, I'm in really good running shape. Uh, rucking shouldn't be that difficult. That was no. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. It's it's different. You know, people people look at rucking like it's just a, a walk in the park with a little bit of weight on your back, and uh, it starts to wear you out. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you're talking about a single mile, it may not be a big deal, but you start adding ten plus, twenty plus, thirty plus mm-hmm. miles. Certainly, if you're adding coupons or other, uh, you know, beat downs along the way, it really becomes more of a a strenuous exercise than people uh, uh, realize until, until they try it out themselves. So I remember the first time I did a 18 mile ish ruck workout, we were training. I think this was back in 2017. We were training for a custom go ruck event here in our region. This is before grow ruck was really a thing. We had go rucks and they would come in and kind of, uh, do some specialized, uh, events. And so we had quite a few guys in our region wanting one. So we had them come and, and part of that training process, uh, we had, a uh, a, a seesaw called the Yeti and it turned out to be like 18, 19 miles of rucking and pain stations. And I remember getting done with that, just thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do a, a go rock because my feet hurt so bad. And Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just, I wasn't prepared for it at, at the time. I mean, obviously, you know, things changed over time and I, I, I got better at training, but, uh, I do remember thinking, good gosh, this is a lot more painful than I ever expected it to be. <laughs> um, so definitely, so yeah, just because you're good at running or just because you can do a lot of sit-ups or, uh, Merkins or whatever, doesn't always re- equate into being able to carry those, uh, that weight certainly coupons, uh, for longer periods of time. So yeah, no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little about your, uh, queen strategy, you know, in F3, we refer to queen as anything we're kind of putting into our body. And, and for the purposes of this show, we're talking about diet and nutrition. Do you have any strategy around that? What, what, what do you guys typically do on a daily basis? Um, me specifically, I just, I, I'm on a seafood diet. I see it. I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, which I isn't much i guess right i'm just kidding well, that was, that that's was... a good one. i like it i like it uh, i like somebody that can throw a blind joke out there and yeah. not be worried about it uh i know this is kind of a topic but like i don't know if short uh sugar mentioned to you that they're uh they've asked me to be the site queue up here at one of our sites <laughs> and one of the guys was like so do we call it a sightless queue yeah a blind queue a no site queue yeah. Right, right, right. That's funny. 
So oh, seafood, yeah, I, uh, I get it, man. You know, one of the so now does your wife cook? Uh, do, do you kind of just eat what she makes, or do you guys work together on that? We, how, we how work together. Like? It's a it's a balance. Sometimes we'll eat out. Sometimes she'll cook. It's just you know whatever. Her job's really strenuous, so a lot of times she doesn't feel like cooking, and I don't blame her. Um, if I had to do what she did, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do anything either. So gotcha. I don't. Most of the time, we so, try, I try to eat as healthy as I can, but sometimes it's okay. kind of unavoidable. So, what do you think your food gesture is? What What's the one thing that you just have a hard time saying no to, even though you know it's not optimal for you? Oh boy. Um, Probably vanilla Coke. Okay. That's my weakness. Um, Do you drink much of those a day? I, when I get to, like, I mean, if I see it, I'll I'll drink it. But or if I get a chance to, I'll drink it. But I don't. I try to stay away from it as much as possible. Um, I'm usually drinking water or coffee or unsweet tea. Gotcha. That's my go-to. So if we're out of keep vanilla Coke in the house, though, or is it only like an out-to-eat type of thing? It's sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. It just depends. Um, okay. But if we're out to eat and there's vanilla Coke, I I, I have to restrain myself from doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think I've ever had vanilla Coke, so I can't I can't speak to that. I, I don't <laughs> drink much soft drinks, period. But uh, I don't think I've ever had vanilla Coke. But I went on a span where I didn't drink soft drinks, and then I got and the bad habit of doing it and then sure. I'm trying to work on getting out of the habit again. Yeah. Well, I hear you, man. They make it addicting for a reason, man. They want you guys to keep, keep buying it. Definitely. Um, as far as that goes. Now, do you eat three meals a day? Do you practice intermittent fasting? Do you do anything specific around the diet strategy? I just, um, I try to keep nourishment as much just to keep up with the running and the workouts. I just, when I'm hungry, um, usually it's three meals. Um, sometimes it's two. If I haven't worked out as much that day, it just depends on how hungry I get. To be honest. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Now, um, are you pretty skinny? I mean, how much do you weigh? How tall are you and how much do you weigh? Um, I'm about five, eight, one sixty-five, one seventy. Okay. Um, yeah. I would like to get down to one sixty, one fifty-seven, but I'm okay where I'm at. I gotcha. So there's no strategy in place necessarily to lose the weight just other than more running. Right. Just, um, I've noticed that I've got, we did a uh, pre-run challenge back in December and I got a lot faster than what I was running. And I did drop a little bit of weight during December and I've continued to stay at that fast pace or get a little bit faster. So I've noticed that helps, you know, drop a little bit, but I'm not really concerned with I'm concerned with maintaining and just getting stronger and staying in uh, with my endurance as it is right now. Sure. Now, have you participated uh, in any type of running CSOPs? Like, I mean, anything like a, a Palmetto 200, like these longer relay races? Have you been have given a chance to do anything like that? No, we've done we've done some local 5Ks and a half marathon here in the community. Um, we did one a couple weeks ago, um, and I think we have plans to do one next month as well. Um, now, on my own, I've done a few ultras. I've done two 12 hours, which turned into 50 miles, 
I've turned, I've done a couple of six hours and I've done 150 K. Okay. So yeah, you've been, you've been putting in the miles uh, at a single time. Those were, I haven't done those in a couple of years, but yes. Now we're working my way back to those. Yeah. So in those 50 Ks or even the, the, the 12 hour type of thing, are you having somebody out on course with you in that type of scenario? How, how does that work? Now the 12 hour, they were on loops that were repetitive one mile loops and I could see getting up to stay on the trail or the, and there were no, there were no roots or rocks or anything to be obstacles. It was, it was a, the one was a paved loop and then the other one was a crushed gravel trail that was, very visible um now the 50k was a lot of fruits and rocks and it took forever um so i, I did need a guide for that because it was very technical very treacherous five mile loops um but other than that the ultras that i've done are i try to pick the ones that are challenging time-wise but not challenging obstacle-wise got it okay makes sense man well, um, as far as other health strategies, we talk about diet, we talk about fitness. Um, another component of it is sleep. Uh, tell me about your sleep habits. Uh, what time are you getting up in the morning? What time do you typically go in the bed? Um, <laughs> um, I'm usually, depending on what the night is, I'm usually in bed 1030, 11, um, getting up at 430. And okay. if there's a pre-run challenge, like if we're doing – the pre-run challenge is usually 350. Okay. Depending, so, on, depending on where the site is, depending on how far away the site, or the AO is. I gotcha. So 1030 or so is kind of the latest you're up? Um, There's been nights where I'll stay up till midnight, but that's oh rare. Gosh. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't do that many nights in a row and get up at 350. That's a, that's a short night. Yeah, um, I kind of, I have to. I have to uh, because if you know if my if my college basketball team's playing or the, the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies are playing, then I, I got to stay up. But <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Okay, okay. Well, priorities. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> now, does your wife typically go to bed about the same time, or she got a different cycle than you? She um she has to get up. She works um so her work schedule is like six to or seven to three. So she'll be up about five thirty, five o'clock. Um, so that's about what time she wakes up. So yeah, yeah she's now does, now does she like running too? Do you guys ever run together? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we would um we would walk together and train like that, but she she's not a runner. Okay. So that's just strictly your passion is, yeah. is to do all the running. She okay. will support me in no matter what. She'll she will support me then. That's one thing I will say about there's a lot of things I can say about her. She's amazing and she's the most incredible person I've ever known. And if she hears this, she'll blush, but it's the truth. Um, but she will support me in all my running endeavors, no matter what. She thinks I'm crazy for getting up and doing all these workouts at 5.30 in the morning, but she just supports me, and I couldn't yeah. ask for a better wife. Well, that's awesome to hear, man. And and I, I could only imagine how special she is, you know, just to um, you know, do what she does, you know, to make sure that you're taken care of and, and doing the things that she does and, and absolutely – would would probably uh, you know agree with everything you just said, and I think she is like many wives or M's across the nation who all think uh, we're all crazy and 
you know, stupid to get up at four in the morning and go out there and play around with our friends at in parking lots in the dark and the cold and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, she's not alone on that, on that front, man. I think everybody, everybody's in will probably think something similar, uh, when it comes to that. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned doing a podcast. Tell us a little bit about, uh, what your podcast is is about, what's called and, and kind of what kind of guest you're interviewing. Well, I have two. Um, I have a podcast that I do with one of my friends through Ethos Sports. Um, we have a Braves podcast. So those who are interested in the Braves, we have it. It's called Ethos Braves. Um, we haven't we did it all last year. Then we'll start it back up here in about a week or so. Um, and then I have is it is it a weekly podcast, a daily? What what were you doing? During we the try season? to shoot for two episodes a week um, during the season. Um, Probably won't do that until the season starts, but um, we'll see how it, things go here in spring training. Um, but we try to focus on the series, the multiple series is during the week. I try to do – it doesn't always end up the way I want, want it to, but we try to do it, the podcast after each series. And that's, sometimes it works that way, sometimes it doesn't. But, yeah, we're, we're usually two episodes a week. Okay. Um, the other podcast I have is just a personal one. It's called um, the Southeastern High School Athletics, um, where I interview coaches um, that I find I find their programs interesting and their uh, you know their stories intriguing. Um, during football season, I focus on football coaches around the area. Um, I've got two here, two or three here in Georgia. Um, I've made friends with a couple in West Tennessee up in the Dresden Martin area. And then I have a couple over in Western Kentucky that I've connected with over the years. Um, I, during the right there in the off season from football, I try to focus on wrestling or basketball. I've got two coaches that I'm looking to interview from West Kentucky. And then I have <clears throat> interviewed quite a few wrestling coaches because of my passion for wrestling since high school. Um, but I've, interviewed a few wrestling coaches in the area and mostly mostly my podcast is about coaches and their stories um now i have done some offshoot where i have done interviews of like radio personalities and um you know sports radio guys that i find i like how they call games and stuff like that so i've interviewed quite a few of those back in the past but lately it's been focused on coaches that's awesome, man. So I'm sure you have a good audience for all those things. Um, I'm not personally a Braves fan or anything, but uh, it sounds like uh, those that are Braves fan would probably find your podcast very interesting during the season. And obviously, if you live in some of those regions where the high school uh, coaches that you're interviewing, uh, probably find that super interesting um, through all that. With I hope the so. high school, yeah, with the high school coaches that you're interviewing. Um, Anything that's ever stuck out to you as far as what they've shared with you as far as, you know, some of their success or secret to their success or just, you know, building the team and so forth? Anything resonates with you? I just like, um, I find how they come up with their schemes interesting. Like, you know, they build their offensive and defensive systems around the athletes they have. And, you know, one year they might have a – passing quarterback that can really sling it around the yard and then 
a couple of years later, they might have to transition their offensive schemes to such as a, a dual threat quarterback or a running quarterback who doesn't throw very well, but he can, you know, distribute the ball and run such as a triple option or a wing T offense. And I like figuring out their, um, just their strategies about that. And just hearing about their careers, their, um, you know, what they've learned over the years, who's, you know, who's been a big influence to them, stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the, the vital information, you know, anytime you can learn from other successful people, it's a, it's, it's a great way of uh, hacking the system and not reinventing the wheel, wheel and uh, really kind of taking advantage of their expertise. So that, that's great, man, that you're getting that opportunity. Well, brother, um, we're kind of coming up on time here, but uh, I do have two final questions for you. And, and the first is this. Uh, you've shared some pretty cool things already with us and, and little tips and so forth. But uh, if you could give a man three tips to get them on their own hunt for wellness, what would those three tips be? Um, it just takes one step. Um, just the mindset of get out there and do it. Um, you may be slow at the start or you, you know, but you'll get there eventually. Um, don't quit and don't give up. Yeah. Great, great, great things because you're absolutely right. You got to get started and you got to stay moving. And then ultimately you only fail when you quit. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're a true testament to that just period in life. I mean, it could have been easy for you just to, to sit back and not participate in, in many, many things, certainly around sports and athletics because of some of the challenges you faced. But instead, man, you rose to the top and, uh, you know, not only got out there, but uh, inspired others to be better. Uh, and I know that you do that with your F3 brothers in the gloom. I'm sure that every time they see you out there posting and, and pushing your limits, it's a, it's a good reminder to all the rest of us who maybe don't have as many challenges uh physically if you will um that there's no excuses that we can come up with that sh that we should allow to to get in the way of accelerating ourselves so and i appreciate that from you i do have one final question for you but before i ask it i do just want to say again thank you for your willingness to come on the show today and share some of your story and like i said i think it's a story of inspiration and just you know, to me, a testament to what F3 is about, the inclusiveness that we all try to strive to have. And, and it's really neat to hear about the, the guys in your region who are stepping up and helping you get to the AOs and more importantly, keeping you accelerating in the gloom. So um, that's, that's awesome to hear. And, and I appreciate you sharing that story and, and what you're doing for those brothers out there. If a man wanted to reach out to you and maybe had questions, uh, maybe was inspired by something you had to say today. What are some best ways for them to do that? Um, you can always reach out to me on Twitter um, at F3 Motley Crew uh, or Instagram is the same thing. Um, Facebook is just John Robert McKay or in the Slack, it's Motley Crew. Gotcha. On the nation Slack, right? It's Motley Crew. Yes, sir. Okay, perfect. Well, awesome. And then uh, my last question, Motley Crew, is this. What is your definition of wellness? Um, keeping yourself healthy, as fit as you want to be. Um, just pushing yourself 
and just being happy with what you're doing with yourself. Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.